0: Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Midnight McBride Show, show number 22, with no clothes on. I'm back with uh, Colin Unsworth, Mr Mushroom, and there's a reason we're doing this, is because part of this show we're going to talk about being a naturist. Colin's a naturist. We've only just really got into some of the stuff on the last show. There's a lot of the stuff that you're probably waiting for that we're going to get into on this show, which is to do with Mushroom Spotters UK, actually the foraging that Colin does, being a nudist or naturist is the correct term, I yeah, think. Yeah. 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 So hello, let's 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 do it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I look
1: like, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's the thing, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter it does absolutely it? doesn't matter. No. <laughs>
0: so Colin, we'll start with Mushroom Spotters UK. We touched yes. on it briefly in the yeah. last show. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Mushroom Spotters UK. UK yeah right so this is a group you started with a few other people maybe tell us about it
1: yeah Yeah. um so I I didn't start the group okay um so uh what happened is I I joined it very very early on um and became an admin of the group and kind of um I've led it I've led that group ever since um it started off um so online and Facebook groups and all that there's basically a group of people who were going out there who were frontline anti-fracking protesters right water protectors yeah Um, And And they also had a a big
0: interest in mushrooms. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, they did. Um, um, Just it's that thing of sort of being part of nature and foraging and, you know, something funky and all that sort of stuff. So so, um, there's quite a big interest in mushrooms and mushroom foraging amongst, and and wild food foraging in general. Um, So what happens in that sort of scene is there's uh, some real big fallouts. So people are very, very political and very, um, you know, strong in their opinions in their political opinions and their political standpoints stand and stuff. And they don't always say eye to eye. Just because the common ground is that everybody disagrees that fracking is the wrong thing to do right. doesn't mean to say that they agree on all the rest of their politics. Yeah. And it can be quite ruthless. It can be quite a ruthless scene. So right. the idea was, let's just have a group where we will just have two rules. So let's keep it mushroom, uh, sorry, keep, let's keep it friendly yeah. and keep it on track with whatever the group topic was. What should we make the group talk it about Oh, let's do mushrooms. There was a couple of other mushroom groups out there. I've for seen, mushroom identification. I think I've seen those as well. Mm, There's yeah. less, less people yeah. in those groups. Well, there wasn't then. I mean, oh, right. we yeah. were, so there was 32 of us Right. and, you know, a good sort of 12,000 of the others in the other group. So, so they were the big groups, you know, yeah. and we were never going to compete with them, but that didn't matter because we were our own little sort of group of people just keeping it nice and keeping it friendly. And uh, people come and join and people keep joining and people keep joining and, and it's grown and, grown and grown and grown and we're now the biggest UK. Mushroom Facebook group, 35,000 members. Um, It's a fantastic thing. It's grown. I've only joined the group about uh, a week ago.
0: And there's lots of different posts. And I think a lot yeah. of people automatically assume they make assumptions about what the group's going to be. Yeah. And it's not, it includes everything. It does include it? everything. You know, yeah. So everything, everything. It's been on a journey. It's, it's yeah. taken us
1: on a journey and, and there's been a journey with it. So, um, the very first initial thing was a few people giggling about psychoactive fungi. Yes. Of course. So, um, most of the big groups out there will not tolerate any discussion of psychoactive fungi, whereas we will tolerate that discussion. Yeah. Um, and uh, be, be, just basic things, I'd rather people do yeah. the right thing but, well, and identify it. correctly.
0: If let's say there's a thousand mushrooms out there and four of them are psychoactive. Yeah. You can't just say they don't no, exist. Absolutely. It's, it's part of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can be you can yeah. be intelligent about mm. what you talk about and mm. careful. It doesn't mean you're encouraging people, but nope. you're better nope. to be informed, sure Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I
1: mean, if you look at all the, you know, do you remember the um, drug information, Frank, that Program oh, yeah. Frank, yeah. and that was very much about giving the correct information out. No, no, none of this stuff that's like just scaremongering and fearmongering and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Let's give the right information out yeah. and help people to make the right choice. In I life. think their attitude was: if you're going to do it, yeah. at least do it safely. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. yeah. And, and back in the eighties, there was a bit of a phrase called the gateway drugs. And people thought that like some drugs would lead on to hard drugs. And so they call them gateway drugs in the tabloids and stuff like that. So my thing with with the psychoactive fungi is people come into the group, people might join the group sort of because they want to identify some some, some psychoactive, psychoactive fungi. After a week or so, You've been kind of, your Facebook's been bombarded with all these like really funky pictures and interesting things about fungi and it's role in nature and stuff you can eat. And you sort of, you go out and you look for stuff and you think, oh, hang on, that's one of them. That's, a, well, I could put that in my pan and eat it, you know. And, yeah. and 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 so to me, it is a gateway drug, but it's a gateway to getting out there and foraging and making a connection with the world and making a real proper human connection with nature you
0: know (laughs) there's two things one is I don't think anybody that takes a drug even if it's not a good drug is a criminal anybody that puts anything in your body as far as I'm concerned you're not a criminal it's your body it might be a really bad idea Mm. but it's your body you're not a criminal you're not in my mind you're definitely not a criminal certainly if you're taking plants that occur naturally in nature you're definitely not a criminal and for some of them to be illegal I don't agree with it but they are and that's that's where we're up to but also I went out on my first forage uh, just uh, two weeks ago with, uh, again, my friend Ben Atkinson. Oh yeah. And yeah. It, was, it was a great day out. We yeah. had a lot of fun. Yeah. I learned a lot about mushrooms. He taught me some really important lessons as well. We were picking mushrooms that were edible but the head had fallen off those mushrooms and I was grabbing the stem next to it. And he went, whoa, 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 no. He said that stem didn't come from that mushroom for certain. And he said, with mushrooms, if you're not certain, you don't do it. You know? And I had a great day. I got some edible mushrooms, various kinds. And I can't remember all the names now, probably six or seven different kinds. And, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it, it. It's fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating. And we did a skinny dip as well, and jumped in yeah. the plunge pools and everything else. You know, so it was like a um, good day out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved
1: it. So, so, so what? So what happens in the what happened in the group is it started off like that, and then a few food foragers came along, so the group evolved and we became more sort of dominant with the food foraging side of thing, and then uh, photography. I remember we went to a real phase of photography because one thing about fungi is that it, it's very photogenic. You know, it makes the best subject, and um, a bit of you know a bit of fungus, a bit of mold on the. Side of a log it doesn't look much as soon as you get your camera on it with the right angles and stuff, it, it looks like another world. It looks yeah, yeah, fascinating, yeah. you know? So you kind of get that. And then as the group grew and grew and grew in size we start to get very serious people who are studying, people who are studying, people who mycologists, people mycologists would join to just keep right eye out because all these casual foragers out there are actually recording what's going on out there, you know, mm. so they can kind of keep t- t- tabs on what, what what the seasons are doing and all that you've sort got of stuff. All and, of a sudden, you've
0: got access to you know, film or footage of mushrooms up and down the country, yeah, so you've yeah, you've got yeah, a, maybe a, yeah. a broader picture.
1: Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there has been a case that um, social media and and the advent of social media has, um, has has ended up with there's a few species that have been almost like recategorized from being like rare down to common because they just weren't being recorded by the right mycologists yeah, at the time yeah. but actually people are spotting them you know so, so it's, it's, a, it's a good gatherer of information it's a wealth of information it's a good hive mind Yeah, you know hive um, mind, yeah. it is it's yeah. absolutely is a hive mind so, 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 so you get a few of these plant identification apps on your phone and there is a couple of mushroom ones, but I wouldn't trust them because, yeah. you know, we've had people post screenshots where they've kind of they've got it pointed at a death cap and it said porcini. You yeah, couldn't get two no, polar no, opposites no, from the foraging no, world, no. you know what I mean? It's, the, the, but if you want an identification, um, access to identification, the hive mind of these massive groups out there is just second to none. You know, when
0: I went with Ben, he had a massive book that thick in a yeah. rucksack and he yeah. took it with us and he yeah. said it's the only way I can be yeah. sure you know yeah. because yeah. even though he could identify yeah. probably 10 or 12 mushrooms straight yeah. away yeah. there's always one that you're not sure about you know Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. but I've been out with Willow and picked some mushrooms and I came back and I spent hours on the internet and I couldn't be certain what they were yeah. you know and it's a yeah. shame you know? it's
1: really hard it's yeah. really hard it's it's, it's confusing and, and you're, you're just about getting to the point where you're thinking well, it must be this and then you Happen to browse through a different yeah, section yeah, in the book. And think, oh, maybe, it's, there's something no. in the other section. Here <laughs> well, it's you know, got a nipple, yeah. but it's yeah. it's uh, it's yeah. got fins. Yeah. But it's this, yeah. but it's that. You yeah, know? and and for, for for a learning process. So some people learn best by studying the books. Some mm. people learn best by discussing it with people. You know, there's different learning styles, isn't there? Yeah. Um, for me, it worked absolutely, just absolutely worked for me. Was was mm. post a picture, get some discussion. People will give you suggestions. You then go to the books and look up in the books. And so, so you weren't sort of spending loads of time looking in wrong sections completely. You can kind of get a good idea of which section of the book to look in. Yeah. And before you know it, you've kind of learned something. And then the best bit, and from a teaching point of view, this is where your learning is really cemented in place, is you've just learned that. It's kind of with you, and it'll probably stay with you. as a bit of a short-term memory thing. But as you're browsing through Facebook, you see somebody else asking a question about it, so you teach them. Mm. And that's what cements your learning. So it becomes a fantastic place for people to learn stuff. You know, and 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 really, and really, really get knowledge. You know, become knowledgeable about it. You know, there's, there's, it's. I mean, it amazes me the the journey that us, that the original core members have been on through the growth of this group. It's it's just amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So maybe tell us, Colin, about Mm. what you do during your week now, because you take you do day courses. Yeah. And you also take people out on forages. Yes. And when you're yeah. doing that, you identify yeah. mushrooms, you pick mushrooms with them, and you even eat them at the end. We do, oh. we
1: do a fry up at the end. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's a, it, when people want to make that connection with nature, you can go out and you can do some tree identification and some species identification and all that sort of stuff. And it's fantastic. It, you know, you can talk about the role of the fungi in the, in, in the forest and, and, and be blown away by its role and, you know, how it's responsible for life on earth and everything. Um, but as a human being, as a creature, and creatures, you know, you've got some basic needs as a creature. If you can kind of go out into that habitat um, and identify things and pick them and put them in your basket and take it back, cook it and eat it, that connection is actually a—it's kind of on a biological level. Yeah. You know, you really, really made that connection. I love then. the idea of yeah. eating it at the end. Because yeah. when, you, when yeah. we
0: did the pre-show chat and you said yeah. about, oh, and yeah. then we have a fry up at the end. Yeah,
1: there might be like, um, you know, you might have 22 species in that pan. Do you know, and it just, it looks fantastic. You know, it, it, it's such a pretty thing as a basket of mushrooms. It, it looks so pretty, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's a, it is a fantastic thing. But people get, sometimes get a bit worried. Um, should you be taking that much out of the woods? You know, are you not spoiling it? Are you not spoiling nature? Are, you know, as human beings, that's what we do. We go around destroying habitats. Mm. But you're not, you're just picking a bit of food. And um, um, so the mycelium lives in the in in the log or in the ground, you know, whatever type of fungi it is. And when you pick the mushroom, you're just picking the fruiting body. You're not picking you're not picking the organism. The organism carries on to live. Ah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah, carries yeah. And yeah. there's not been many extensive studies about um, the damage, if any, is done by picking mushrooms. But the conclusion so far is that it doesn't do any damage. Yeah. It's just so you can you I can think- pick mushrooms and it's fine. The greatest threat to um, biodiversity out there in nature is habitat loss. And habitat loss, the number one uh, contributor to habitat loss is mass farming to provide our food. So if, if you can go and forage something instead of going to a supermarket, you're not doing mass farming, are you? No. So it's got to be a good thing. You know? I, th- I think if
0: you only take what you need, number one, mm. you know, and secondly, like you said, I've seen patches of mushrooms, somebody will go and clear them yeah? Yeah. and next year
1: the back oh, yeah, always. and yeah, the back yeah, yeah, so yeah.
0: you clearly yeah. like you yeah. said the organism is, is still alive yeah. you're taking the fruit it's alive and strong just like picking an orange from a tree it
1: is, there is uh, an analogy that can be made um, and that is that um, picking a mushroom um, is a bit like picking an apple off a tree in terms of you're not going to kill the tree by picking all its apples it, <laughs> People who are quite knowledgeable about fungi get a bit annoyed at that analogy sometimes because it's not strictly true and it doesn't strictly all true if you look at this and that like and the other, but there's right. a general sort of principle is to just get your head around the very basics of it. Yeah, yeah. you ain't going to kill the apple tree by picking the apples. You're not going to kill the, the, the mycelium by picking the by, by picking, picking the mushrooms. In terms of the spore dispersal, um, the, the it's amazing how many spores it'll disperse in the first few hours of the cap opening. You know, the fungi is quite good at choosing the um, conditions. So the rains come... It opens up the cap. The down pressure of all the rain droplets in the air creates an updraft. And the updraft lifts the spores into the air and they get carried off in the wind. Mm. So that's why a lot of species fruit most in the autumn because that's when it rains. Yeah. There is a bit of an understanding now, a bit of a theory that the summer fungi, so the big fungi like your big puffballs, your giant puffballs, your big um, parasol mushrooms, yeah. the spores that they drop are in the billions. You know the, the 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 quantities are amazing, and that creates a dust in the environment, and that dust nucleizes the water particles, causes the rain clouds, and makes it rain. So there is a bit of a theory that actually, rather right. than the fungi waiting for the rain, is the fungi actually controlling the rain? <laughs> and you start of thinking, oh God, so it's responsible for the greening of the earth, it's responsible for the weather conditions. Who's yeah, who's, yeah, who's who's yeah, yeah. who's is the dominant charged? species of this <laughs> yeah, planet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. When you yeah. think
0: like that, it makes it really makes you. Yeah. You step back and look at things and think, whoa, hang yeah. on a minute. Yeah. You know, what yeah. are
1: you doing? We go for a forage and you start off by going, right, we've got some baskets, we've got some staffs, let's for look for mushrooms. Yeah. And you finish by talking about, like, life on earth, the origins of life, yeah. the, the weather systems, the whole kick-caboodle. Maybe tell like, me, wow, you, know. you,
0: you told me in the pre-show <laughs> chat about, before there were certain fungi, trees yeah. would fall yeah. and yeah. they, they yeah. didn't they decay didn't or they didn't... They didn't dissolve, yeah. basically, yeah.
1: so, so uh, lignin. Uh, which is uh, a substance that makes up the cell wall, uh, each cell in, 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 in a tree, in a piece of wood. Um, and nothing else will break lignin down other than the fungi, yeah. the certain uh, saprophytic fungi. Um, you get a few bacteria, that will eat some of those sort of goodies. Uh, they'll kind of decay the tree to a certain extent, um, but the lignin won't be broken down. So back in prehistory, before the weather conditions that we know today um, existed. So the planet was a very hot ball um, of green stuff. Um, uh, the trees the, 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 like the jet streams weren't in existence and the, 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 the Gulf Stream wasn't running yeah. you know all that sort of thing hadn't kicked off yet the atmosphere um, of
0: the earth was different the, it the, was the very proportion much different. of gases was. Yes. I've di- yeah. yeah. read yeah. about argon yeah. and other gases yes. that were prevalent yeah. yeah.
1: there yeah. and we're very oxygen rich very oxygen yeah. rich um, too oxygen rich for us to survive now um, um, and uh, one of the reasons it was so oxygen rich was because obviously the trees are a carbon capture aren't they so mm. they talk about carbon capture of the rainforest is a carbon capture it, it captures the Carbon from the sun, and it but it's only temporary capture because once you burn that timber or it decays, it's then released again. So it's a temporary carbon capture, that's why we need the rainforest to the size that they should be. Um, back then, the trees were very, 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 very tall, very straight, sort of canopy at the top, they'd fall down and dissolve into a black sludge. And a lot of the forests had massive, massive. Pools of black sludge, which would be a threat to all the older life, because nothing yeah. can do anything with it. It's you know, is this going to cause a mass extinction? Well, what happens in when something when life is threatened is a fungi evolves to, to to help out the life. So the soprotrophic fungi then from then on breaks down all the all the lignin. Mm. Then black puddles got trapped, and that's what became yeah. the coal and oil. Yeah. Now, when you understand that, and you understand the difference in the environments between the earliest and the later Earth and the, the death that we know you kind of start to realize on an even greater level just why we should not be burning that stuff yeah. and releasing all that carbon again you know yeah. it, it was trapped and it should have stayed trapped you yeah. know it's quite scary that, uh, that, that that so much of it is getting released maybe it's we'll talk about um colin and mm. we'll,
0: we'll we'll touch on this but yeah. Like you said with the group that you know yeah. there, you do have some conversations about hallucinogenics and certain yeah. mushrooms and yeah. things like this and yeah. I yeah. I know I I've talked about it yeah. on the show that I've yeah. taken them before. Yeah. But um so golden teachers liberty caps things like this. Yeah. I know now it's the for example the season for fly agaric which is yes. amanita muscaria. muscaria. Yeah. 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 Fly agaric um, if you see one, it's quite unmistakable, but it, it's, it's not It's the a consummate mushroom. It's, yeah. a consummate yeah. mushroom, isn't it's it, the consummate mushroom. It it's the fairy tale mushroom. It's massive, yeah. red, big yeah. white dots on it. Yeah. And it's not like the others, the psilocybin, because it's poisonous. Mm. You know, it's toxic, isn't it? There's There's mm. certain things in it. And this mushroom is commonly, when you see it out, when I've seen it out anyway... A lot of people don't pick it for that very reason because they're a little yeah. bit frightened of this yeah. mushroom. And yeah. Um, this yeah. mushroom, though, can be used. You can take out the toxins, and not from a hallucinogenic or psychotropic point of view, but there are b- other benefits from this mushroom, you mm. know. And it's an edible mushroom. As well
1: it is say, an edible yeah. mushroom if, yeah. you, if you if you if you deal with it right. So yeah, that's, um, that's um, the
0: problem. I think a lot of people don't, and then some no. people can become quite ill, can't they?
1: Yeah, um, it's reputation it yeah. isn't isn't justified. Um, its reputation is to do with microphobia. So as a, as a society, the Western world. We, we tend to have this mycophobia. Um, I like that term. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, I really do. You know, it's like people kind of think that you shouldn't even touch a mushroom; you could kill you by touching it. You know, and yeah. that's that's rubbish. Yeah. Um, when you're identifying a timber, you get all the macroscopic identifications—the general shape, colours. Then you get the sort of details of like the gills and how close they are and stuff like that. Um, and one of the identification features uh, that can really help you hone down to what species it is is the smell and the taste. So you nibble it, and, have it and you, sometimes it takes like a minute for that taste to come Which through. Which is the one that's spicy? That looks
0: like you take you taste it, and it's like a hot chili, and yeah, it, it yeah. looks like a, yeah. a flyer garret. uh
1: Well, this is similar. Uh, this is a family of mushrooms called the Russula family. That's um, it. I, and yeah. I say I say, say Russula, um, The pronunciations. It's a, it's a dead language. Yeah. It's Latin. It's dead, You know, a dead language. But um, so I call them Russulas. Um, uh, red cap roostler so you you get some red claproo roostlers that can can can, they can go a bit a bit bigger than the normal uh, and and you get a little slug uh eaten patches so you get like the white showing through from the underneath yeah. so so people mistake them for for, for fly grip ones so so that happens on the group every year is you get uh, an argument over is this a rooler or is it a fly grip? um and the, and it's dead easy to tell once you know yeah. um but the roostler family um there's a lot of them. And in order to narrow it down to the actual species, like the red cap roostlers, there's about 110 of them, um, that look pretty much identical. And what you need is, um, sometimes it's a microscope that you need, but actually with the roostlers, what you can do is you can use a key. There's a guy called Jeffrey Kibbe, who's wrote a lot of the identification books. He's... he's such a he's a very knowledgeable guy and he's a very very nice guy he's in the yeah. group all oh, um, right, right so so you can get oh, what's your he, what's he called jeffrey kibbe jeffrey, jeffrey kibbe. kibbe so you can right. get your identification book in front of you and it's efficient you know, it's like the mushroom bible yeah. go on to mushroom spotters and post your, your your picture and your question and actually get the book author helping you out with it wow a fantastic yeah, thing you know yeah, what a fantastic yeah, yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. thing to happen you know yeah. um and and he's produced this key and you get this key and with, you, you kind of get a few pots of little chemicals and there's like ammonia and this and that and the other and you put a little drip on the stem and see what colour it changes it to. So you kind of recall the colour changes or no colour change or whatever, the general colour, the shape and all that sort of stuff and you kind of look in the key and, and the final thing would be to take a nibble. And the roosters, there's no poisonous ones you see. So right. uh, from a foraging point of view, if it nibbles and it's not acrid, then it's it's one for the pan, you can eat it. Yeah. Um, The the, the danger of that, people say, yeah, but what if you've really mixed it up and you've not got a roostle family? What if you've got an amanita and there's the death cap in there? Well, actually, I don't recommend anybody puts a death cap in their mouth, but if you did put a death cap in your mouth and and have a little nibble, provided you spit it all out and you don't actually ingest any of the flesh, you're absolutely fine. There's no need to do that because there's other uh, visual macroscopic details that identify it, you know. I didn't realise what was involved. When you identify
0: a mushroom, where did you find it? What time of year did you find
1: it? How
0: big is it? What is the shape of it? What is the color? What are the features? What about the fins and the underneath? And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's that yeah. many different. There are, there and and are. for example, yeah. the uh, Manita mascara, the flyer yeah. Garrick, yeah. when it pops, it leaves the skin rim. It
1: does, like, yeah, right the, the ring, side. the ring, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the actual spots on top are part of the universal veil. Let's call that. So yeah. it starts off as like an egg, and as it bursts out, bits of the, the the veil of the egg stick to the cap, and that's what causes the spots. You know. Yeah, yeah. It, the,
0: the reason I brought, we're not, by the way, encouraging anybody to go and pick hallucinogenic mushrooms. But the reason I talk about flyer Garrick is. Yeah. When you were on Gardener's World. Yes. Yes, you were yeah. a guest, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. a featured, I know you said yeah. you're an enthusiast. Yeah. You I had like... my clothes on then.
1: <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> you don't, I don't like think to... World would have that, would there, so. <laughs> you,
0: you don't like to call yourself an expert. But, no, no, But you were no, no. a featured no. enthusiast, if yeah. you like to
1: call yourself yeah, that. Yeah, an amateur enthusiast. Amateur yeah. enthusiast. Yeah. I'm happy with that title. Yeah. On Gardener's World,
0: <laughs> and you were in Rivington, and... Yeah. Yeah. The mushrooms you went to look at was a, a spread of firex, garricks, yeah. wasn't it? It, yeah. it was fire garricks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. it was so lucky that they came on that day. I mean, they did come in the right season, but that was the best year for, for mushrooms. I've never, never seen really. that many in one spot. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was absolutely fantastic. And and um, there is something you can do with fly garricks, and that's um, you, can, you kind of slice them up, put them in a pan and boil them, simmer them for about five minutes, drain them and chuck the water because that's the psychoactive and poisons and all that sort of stuff. So you, you chuck that away. Do it the same again, five minutes, chuck the water away. Do the same again, five minutes, chuck the water away. And you kind of think, what's left? Well, actually, they keep the shape and they're all right. Mm. They're just quite wet. Um, You then put them in a frying pan and fry them up dry so you evaporate all the moisture off and then chuck a bit of butter or oil in at the end and finish them off. Mm. And they're really tasty. Now, that's quite a process to go through, isn't it? So you'd sort of think, well, there's plenty of other edibles out there. Why would I bother? Well, that year at Rivington, there were that many flyageryks that actually I might consider that a food source. And and, and they're really tasty. And bizarrely in some ways it's one of the safer mushrooms provided you do that process correctly you're not going to misidentify it for something else because it's so easy to identify because it's a big red cap with the white spots and all that sort of stuff you yeah, know yeah. They, not, it, i've seen one and it's the size of a dustbin layer. yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah, huge they can go like the well, size of yeah, your hat yeah, yeah 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 they can go huge it it's not necessarily easy to identify every single fly i but when you get the sort of in their classic form and the red cap and all that and they've got all the spots you can't misidentify it. So it's a very safe species in in, in some ways. So that's quite a fascinating thing that that would surprise a lot of people, you know, that that you can do that. So Colin,
0: explain to us maybe about a spore print. Okay. Yeah, 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 because that's something I haven't done.
1: And I know that that's...
0: Yeah. often a common way of identifying a mushroom, but yeah. you've
1: of got yeah. to know what you're doing. It's to do with the colour and the pattern. Yeah, um, basically the mushroom drops spores. And if you if you cut the stem off a cap and just lay the cap on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. you could maybe even put a glass over that to stop any sort of drafts from blowing the spores away. Um, it'll drop all the spores. And when you remove the mushroom, say eight hours later... Um, it leaves a pattern behind. It's like a shadow of the mushroom and it's per- perfect. You see all the gill shapes and everything. And it's quite a beautiful thing. I've not done that, so I'm yeah, going yeah. to try that. It is yeah. a beautiful thing. And, and, and that's quite
0: distinctive then,
1: is it? So you can identify yeah. a mushroom from that. Well, you won't identify the mushroom, but what, what, what it does help you to do it, and I've not done it for ages because once you kind of get a bit more knowledgeable, um, you don't need to do a spore print because what you're doing with a spore print is you're just making sure it is of a certain family. You're not making sure it's a certain species within that family, but it's a certain family. So it's one of the identifications, it's one of the clues. Right, so just like
0: uh, the colour, the size. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Some some species, the colour makes a big difference and and, and you'll kind of say, well, it definitely is, or it definitely isn't because of the colour. But there's other species. At the moment, um, today we've foraged some blushers, um, uh, Amanita ribescentes, and the colour of a blusher is so varied, but that's not the identification feature. For the for the for that you identify it as an Amanita, like a, like the fly agaric, because of the general Amanita features, but then you go down to some very fine things. So you know when you talked about the ring, yes, you get striations, little lines on top of the ring that I, with my middle aged eyes, need a little magnifier to see. So I'll, I'll have a look at them just to make sure that it is that and not something else. Yeah. You know, so there's, 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 there's the, the identification features are dependent on what the family is. Um, so for, as a food forager for a Russula. It's simply, does it nipple? Does it taste okay? Do, you know, When, when you do the, the, the nibble and spit test, is it acrid or is it pleasant? Um, that's all I need to know for a roosler because I'm not a mycologist. I'm just looking for food, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, spore print, when you first start, can give you... So basically, you go through your list of identification features, you look at the similar species and you think, those identification features are not actually ruling out the similar species, but the spore colour will. Right. So that's why you do the spore print. And yeah. some of them... Uh, different. There's different colour spores, and some of them are white. So you don't just put it on a piece of white paper. Get a piece of black and white paper together, and put your mushroom half and half on the black and white, right. and then it'll pick up the different colours. Ah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. and some yeah. colours, some some are black spores. So you want white paper for the black yeah. spores. You know.
0: So, um, we'll talk about the elephant in the room. And, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you mean the whistle? And, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, this is a gift. Uh, whistle um, with yes. my midnight yeah. bride. Uh, Burnt into it here, and these are what you sell at festivals. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's part of the sort of um, uh, being a bit of having a bit harmony with your with your habitat. When you go into the woods, you get uh, hazel, and hazel naturally coppices. So you get you know when you get a coppice stool of of, 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 you know a tree that's been coppiced, and you get all the all the all the trunks growing from it, and out of a, a, a stool of hazel. Um, if you if, if if you're lucky and you get what you call a sun seeker and that's one that just goes straight up towards towards the sun and you get a nice staff. So you get a walking staff out of that. Ah, um, right, yeah. um, you might get one that's a bit bigger and a bit longer, and that might become a your roof pole, you know. Yeah. So it's all that thing about using your your, your habitat um yeah. to, to 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 facilitate your living, you know, yeah. whether it's food or, or or stuff or whatever. And one of the things you can make it's a whistle, whistle, yeah. Out of little hazel things,
0: yeah. I, I love the fact that I'm going to go home tonight and Willow will say, you didn't do that show naked, did you? And I'll go, no, 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 no. I had a whistle in my
1: glasses on. Yeah, I've got, i got a hat. <laughs> I, know, not I was wearing hat.
0: If anybody thinks, by the way, that we've got shorts on under here, <laughs> we've not. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about uh, yeah. Being a naturist
1: yes. and also yeah.
0: naked cycling, which mm-hmm. is something else you do as well. You do that every year, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So apart from this year, but yeah, yeah.
0: How how did it come about, or has it evolved? Have you always been a naturist? I don't know.
1: I don't yeah. know.
0: I, I mean, but have you been to, I, for instance, if you go on holiday, do you go to naturist campsites and things no, like this? No, no.
1: Right? I have been to various places, but I've never been as a destination. It's no. just that I'm happy to to, 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 to be clothes free. Yeah. It doesn't bother me in the slightest, and it doesn't, I'll, I'll do it anyway. I mean, I'll walk into a shop, and, and, and I mean, I won't because it's not acceptable. If it didn't offend people, if people weren't bothered about it, and it simply wasn't an issue, and the day's as hot as it is today then I'll be at home doing my woodwork and I'll have no clothes on because I'm just kind of getting on my stuff at home. And if I need to nip to the shop, I've got to go through the rigmarole, oh God, I've got my clothes on, you know. (laughs) I I think a common misconception, if you're walking around with no
0: clothes on, Mm. people may assume that you think, you know, look at himself, he loves himself. And that. Yeah. It's exactly the opposite. It's nothing to do with that. I've not got my clothes on. That. And it's not because yeah. I yeah. know exactly what I am, yeah. um, but yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. That's yeah. all it is. It's about yeah. acceptance and, yeah, and just not
1: being bothered, not giving a shit about what other people yeah. think. And, and also it's kind of breaking away from the shackles that society puts on us in terms of our sort of feeling of, you know, shame to do with our bodies. We've got to cover up all the time. We're judged by our bodies. Mm. You know, I mean... Yeah. You know, people are judged so much by the bodies. Um, I mean, I, I i always use Theresa May as an example. So, Prime I, Minister I of the... I don't know country. where this is going, but I want to yeah, find out. Yeah, yeah. So, Prime Minister of the Country, um, she ran it in her way. Now, whether you like that or you dislike it in terms of how she ran it, um, is, you know, another show. <laughs> yeah. Um, 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 I um, I mean just to make it clear I totally totally disagree with every single one of her policies and things that she did but one of the things that I that, that really annoyed me at the time that happened to her was she was judged for wearing a pair of really shitty leather pants that were unfashionable and awful and it's irrelevant it's completely irrelevant mm. why should that be an issue mm. judge her on her political leadership because yeah. there was plenty to judge her by do you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- why, why, why judge her on her clothes and that's because she's a woman basically, because a bloke would have never been judged like that. Mm. And um, whether it's male or female, society places such great pressures on you so that you will always, we're always made to feel as though we're never quite good enough with our bodies. And basically it's going two fingers to that, sod that, I'm not going down that route, I'm not having that. We're all good enough. And do you know what? Every every single one of us is beautiful. (laughs) Bingo. Bingo. We're programmed to think that a certain
0: form, a certain weight, a certain physique is beautiful. And... Obviously, you want to be healthy and there is that aspect, but beyond that, um, everybody's perfect
1: yeah yeah and everybody's there's beauty in everybody yeah. so um so i kind of saw the naked bike ride i saw some 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 clips of the naked bike ride and somebody and i was like i need to do that that's yeah. that's the best event that's ever been invented this in the whole of the is, history this of like the human race. thousands of people
0: all yeah. meeting up yeah. and it's sort yeah. of a, yeah. a rally kind yeah. of thing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, so so the the, the general idea of it's a protest ride against um sort of highlighting cyclist vulnerability uh against oil dependency but naked to get the attention because it gets the message out there. So because of the size of the rides, um, a lot of people come on it who are um, um, who are activists for body freedom, you know, people who are naturists and want that sort of message going out there as yeah. well. And I agree with every single one of the messages that goes out on the naked bike ride, you know. Um, it's just... And, and the atmosphere is fantastic. You ride through... So I do the Manchester one. You're riding through the streets of Manchester. Um, there's about 500 riders in Manchester now. If you go to London, there's about 4,000 riders and Brighton the same, you know. Yeah. But Manchester, we're... we're First, the first year I did, it was 32 of us, so that That's a bit of a bottle. <laughs> yeah, I am going to say, you, you don't you feel yeah. quite as no, secure and yeah, comfortable yeah, in a smaller group, do no, you? No, when there's a lot no, of you, it's not as bad. Know, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I actually wore, um, I did wear something, um, but I wore um, a big pair of fairy wings and a see-through tutu, because <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was covered, but I wasn't really, you know. <laughs> and you wanted to be a tutu-wearing fairy. Yeah, yes, basically, yeah. Um, so you ride right around the streets, and it's a convoluted route around Manchester, and it's a Friday night, and it's in it's in June, and it's so hopefully it's sunny, hopefully, um, and people are out drinking on the on the on the on the bars, and and the, the the reaction to the public is prize, you know, it's brilliant, it's you know everybody kind of goes, yay, yeah! you know, there's very few people who actually look offended by it, everybody's cheering, yeah, um, and it, uh, last last it makes the, people smile. it makes people. The last time I did it, there was one particular person. Um, on a street corner near Deansgate, as the ride went past, there was a woman stood there and she was just, it was like she was just completely overcome by it all. And she, and she was kind of, and she was shaking and she kind of, and she just went, you're all beautiful. And I was like, I love it, I love it. <laughs> right on. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You get it, you get it, you know, because people, you know, there, there is those still, I mean, I think society's got a lot more relaxed about, uh naturism and people being naked and you know so what what's the big deal and all that um but it still exists that people have those old quite horrible perceptions that it's you know if you're naked in public you're a sexual predator Mm. you know that it's that it's to do with sex and and you kind of go well you know some people some naturists argue that it's nothing to do with sex and Mm. i kind of think well there's not really much in life that you could probably you know, properly put forward a, a full and thorough argument that it's nothing to do with sex. Mm. You know, the car you driver's got something to do with sex. The house you, you know, the job yeah. you do is, yeah. you know, if, if, you, if you're a Freudian psychologist, everything's got a sexual basis to it, you know. So yeah. you can't totally eliminate that sort of thing. But that makes no difference whether you're clothed or naked. Do you know, that's, that, that's the mm. same sort of underlying basis to human existence, isn't it? Mm. Just because you're naked doesn't make it about that. It no. really doesn't, and, you know. And
0: sex is... Heavily involved in selling things and advertising. Absolutely, middle, yeah, up. yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. Try and watch yeah. an advert that yeah. hasn't got some connotation. Yeah. Yes, anymore,
1: yeah, so. yeah. Um, social media. Um, there's a big problem on social media at the moment because some of the big companies, Facebook, Twitter, all them sort of people, um, they have a no nudity policy, and it, it mm. kind of sometimes it just beggars belief that the, the, some of the some of the hatred they'll allow, but they won't allow a naked person, mm. you know, yeah, somebody yeah. breastfeeding or something like that, you know, and that's and that's you know, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, I write in the book I have, yeah. uh, the first book from Pills to Peace, yeah, and I say that I remember. As a child and it was fine to see the A-team yeah. with AK-47s shooting yeah. everybody in sight yeah. but yeah. you see a vagina on television yeah. oh my god yeah. terrible part yeah. of the human yeah. body yeah. you know yeah. until after 9 yeah. o'clock but 4 yeah. o'clock in the afternoon you can yeah. see somebody yeah. firing a gun then. Yeah. Yeah. killing people a, a gun yeah. or um, a handgun in particular which is even worse but a gun um, is designed, it only has one purpose. Absolutely. to kill. Absolutely. It's to kill. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. a handgun yeah. has even a more specific purpose, yeah. to kill yeah. a human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's to kill a human. Yeah. So, yeah. That, for me, seems insane. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we've we've been accustomed as children to just, that's completely
1: normal. And in terms of marketing and advertising, social media's um, uh, double standard on this is that they will allow, they'll allow those lines to be blurred a little bit and have a little bit more nudity, something a bit more revealing, some sort of, you know, sort of, you know, like this sort of swing costumes that are just literally a string, Mm. if it's a model. But if an average, you know, member of the public does that, yeah. then they get their account closed. I'm going to have to get rid of mine then. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a double standard, isn't yeah, it? You know, yeah, it really yeah. is such a double standard. And basically what it's saying is marketing's all right, but everything else isn't. Yeah. You know, so yeah, not yeah. good.
0: Crazy. I know, I know. So yeah,
1: so na- the naked bike ride has been, um, so that big unicycle I arrived on tonight. Yes. I've only bought that recently. That's a recent purchase. I've rode a unicycle before many times, but a small wheel unicycle, um, you kind of go in at, Walking speed, really.
0: Is it? Is it phallic? Is it how big is your wheel? Yeah, <laughs> 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 oh, it's bigger than yours. Yeah. yeah, all that sort of stuff. Oh,
1: no, Um so uh, the idea of the big wheel unicycle—they call them a touring unicycle—and because because the big wheel means you can, with each revolution, you travel further, so you can go faster. So I can keep up with the site cy- I can't keep up with the cyclist, but I can go at a reasonable pace. Yeah. So I bought that to do the naked bike ride on. Awesome. So that should be quite fun, that you yeah, know, that should yeah. that, that that'll and, and it'll take some bottle as well because you know, there's I mean, it, when I'm on that big, it's, well, you it's don't a big want to wheel. Fall. <laughs> no, I mean, am you know, top of my head's about eight and a half foot in the air when I'm on that thing, you know what mm. I mean? So, and your testicles are about five or six foot, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you yeah. sat down, not yeah. stood up, yeah. so yeah yeah, 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 well, and it's um. Yeah, but I'm yeah I'm looking forward to that. That should be uh, yeah. that should be good well, fun.
0: Maybe I'll join you next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Go on
1: the naked bike ride definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 such a good Up communal thing. You road know. racer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it it's, seats like a razor blade on yeah, that. It's um, a good sort of measure of society's foul attitudes towards mm-hmm. Nudes to is what happens at the start of the naked bike ride. So um, you you arrive at All Saints Park in Manchester, and mm-hmm. um, the ride starts at six. You know, so you get there at half five or whatever to see who's hanging around. There's nobody there. So you, sorry, the ride starts at seven, but people congregate from six. From six o'clock onwards, people are congregating and ready. And basically, the men take the clothes off. So there's men walking around naked. Yeah. You know, and members of the public walking past start doing a double take. What well, those naked yeah. people over there? And, and and I've been when I've been arriving at say half past six, I'll, I'll hear people walking up and down the street literally oh my God, there's lots of naked people over there. And then the next thing is, why are they all men? And they are. Every single one of them is men. And there's a few women knocking about, but they're not naked. And the reason for that, it's right at the last second because stationed off the park in the distance with telephoto lenses of people waiting and all they're interested in is getting a close-up on a female and and newspapers and stuff because it's
0: usually uh, uh, well publicised, isn't and
1: it? Not just for newspapers, but if to people with telephoto lenses, it will be to put on website on porn sites and stuff like that. You know, this is na- naked in public and all that sort of stuff. You know, it will be, right. and 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 the, and the attitude towards that is absolutely foul. And and mm. and they just want to get women. on It that. also
0: says women are beautiful and men aren't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
1: think it, I think it says that women are um, are objectified. Yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. that's that, that's what's going on is women are totally objectified. So the women get naked literally at the last second and then get on the, back of the ride because they're off away from those yeah, cameras. Yeah. Yeah. and and, and, it, and it's it, it's vile it's vile that that should be the case that that should be how, how, how the world has kind of come to view the human body I mean it's it's just a body we've all got one yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that was mm. well. so diff- different you know so different yeah, they, you know, there's it, not that much it, difference between us all but, but we're, we're, we're all unique and, 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 and we're all individual um, and, and you, you kind of turn up and you know if you're on the naked bike ride and I've never seen you naked before I kind of yeah. turn up and yeah of course I look at you and I see you and I can see your balls and everything else mm-hmm. you know but spend about two seconds looking at that and then I look at your face after that because that's the thing I'm communicating with you know <laughs> the, the,
0: the funny thing is as well in an advertisement if there's this this you know very slim skinny model whatever yeah. there's only one woman in the world that actually looks like that it's the woman in the advert. Yeah. Nobody else yeah. no, does. No, no, you know, no, no. We're all it, different.
1: It, it basically sets everybody up to fail and to feel that yeah. they're not good enough. I call them you know. false idols. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kids yeah. see something in the yeah. media or a magazine yeah. and then yeah. they strive to yeah. be like that. And then yeah. the fact
0: is, those pictures usually yeah. are usually brushed anyway and they're not yeah. even real. Yeah, no, and, and no. And you're hardwired to no. failure when you're trying to be yeah. something that isn't yeah.
1: real. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then what you do is you try and buy your way out of it and that's where the marketing comes in. Yeah. You know, so... But there is a funky uh, uh, angle to the naked stuff and mushrooms so because i do the naked bike ride and i have my mushroom hat that you saw yes um i posted a picture from the back because uh, my last outfit was the mushroom hat and a waistcoat and nothing else you know? <laughs> <laughs> so posted a picture from the back and i says um did the naked bike ride tonight pity i only managed to see the mushrooms on my hat you know that sort yeah, of thing yeah. um and then there's lots of conversation lots of you know titillation lots of Jokes and lots of innuendos and, you know, that's what happens. Even when we're being positive about it, it's got to be all innuendos and all that sort of stuff, which kind of get a bit tedious, but at least it's positive. Um, And out of it came this idea. I says, just as a joke, I said, we should do a naked forage. Anyway, so many people said they'd do it that it became a real thing. It's happening. We're gonna do the naked forage <laughs> <laughs> and we want to do a calendar. So you know like the calendar girls sort of calendar. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, w- yeah. wicker baskets in the right place right, and a mushroom in a the big right fly- place. And yeah. the top yeah, of the yeah, flying yeah, or yeah. whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and that and that is uh, that's, that, I think that could be quite a funky thing, you know, it really could. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Colin you're you're also um a yurt maker. Yes. Yes. My yeah. friend Ben will be buzzing when he yeah. hears this, yeah. you know. Yeah, But yeah. that's obviously because of your background. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Wood machinist and a joiner. Yeah, and
1: a joiner. And um, for the green woodworking, I've kind of teamed up over the last year or so uh, with a guy called Glenn. Uh, he's a, he's a Boltoner and he's a green woodworker and a bodger, um, a master craftsman yeah. um, of the traditional sort of sense. Um, so... Um, like uh, uh, in January, just before we had all this lockdown and all that sort of stuff, in January, we had a green looking course, um, which was paid for by the Woodland Trust. So it was a fantastic little uh, venture. Um, we got uh, eight people to come for, I think it was eight weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, can't remember now, but, um, and we took them on a journey. Yeah. So the journey is that we go into the woods and we look for an ash tree and then we harvest that tree. we fell it, we look for the right ashtray, we then chop it up and we cut it up um, so it's axes and froze and big mallets and all that sort of stuff. Um, then onto the shave horse and you shave it into your basic rounds. It then goes onto the pole lathe, which is a foot treadle operated lathe, so traditional pole lathe, yeah. and make sort of spindles and we end up with, everybody's got a stool each, like a three-legged stool. Um, and it, it, it's by week, by, you know, sort of three quarters of the way through the course, we've got a medieval... Production line running because somebody's splitting the somebody's splitting the logs. Mm-hmm. So they're then chucking that to the axe and the, the axe guy. And the, axe, the axe guy sort of chuck yeah. it down. there, they chuck it to to whoever's on the. You'll on have on yeah, like a union on the, on the, then, won't the, you? Know, yeah, 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 yeah. So it goes. It goes through all these stages, and, and, we, and we're churning out spindles to, put, to, 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 to do these, these, these legs with, you know. And yeah, yeah so that's that's yeah. So they, they were the first production lines, basically. Um, and it's a fantastic sort of thing because people kind of realise that this is this is this, this, this is stuff in our environment. It's stuff on our doorstep. We can we can make furniture from it. We yeah. can yeah. make whistles from it. We can make stuff from it. We can eat it. Do you know, <laughs> we're creatures of our of, of our habitat, and we forget that because yeah. we're such good habitat manipulators. Yeah, yeah, or or bad habitat manipulators possibly. And
0: one of the final topics I wanted to talk to you about, uh, Colin, is the fact that you're a bit of, or were a bit of an activist to do with equal rights and against Clause 28. Maybe Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. gay rights. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up um, in the 70s and 80s. So, typical values that a school kid at a mainstream comprehensive school yeah. um, from then was the A couple that, of best you know, mates were gay as well weren't Basically they? what yeah. happened is a couple of mates turned out to be gay Yeah I was like, oh. When I say best mates I'd known as 6 or 4 still known yeah. to this day mm-hmm. um, and um, and all my other mates weren't and they were a separate bunch of mates all you know and I just kind of I, I, yeah it changed it changed my life completely because I saw the issues yeah. and I saw them as a friend I think when the issues are directed at you you kind of get a bit defensive maybe you might sort of get a bit introspective about it and look at yourself and think is this all my fault but when it happens to your friend what you do is you get protective and you go "Oh, yeah. you sort off out of my <laughs> face you know you get away from my friend you know what I mean and, you, and, 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 and then you you know you and, and I started sort of um, uh, just getting my head around it all like, one of the things was um so when clause 28 came up yeah and that was going to be a big thing in law I mean that actually did more for gay rights than it, it did more good for gay rights than bad because it was such a stupid measure that it unified the country into going give it over we're not having that yeah. um, so um, these two friends uh, one of them had a boyfriend and so the three of them, I was then going to because I'd just passed my driving test. I had my dad's car. I was going to run them into Manchester so they could go on this protest. So they're going, "Come, hey, come with us. Come, come with us." And I'm like, "Well, I can't. I'm not gay. I'm not. Gay. I can't match for gay rights. I'm, I'm straight, you know." <laughs> so, um, so, and you know, I felt a bit uncomfortable about it. I thought, "Well, people might think I'm gay." Ooh, you know, <laughs> um, went to pick one of them up. Um, his mum had, had recently got together with a new guy. And the new guy was really struggling. With, um, with with, this, with his, with his new partner's son's sexuality. He, he yeah. was like, not in my house, but the mother would given the ultimatum, don't make me choose between you and my son because I'll choose my son. So he was trying to come to terms with it. He'd and, been in He'd I know, been I know. And, and I mean, he, he did get his head around it oh, and that right. was good. You know, it was a process for him as well, so that's always a good thing. And, but we um, but, um, met Ian, he gave me the bulletin of the news. And this is a measure as to how far we've moved as a society mm-hmm. because you can't imagine this being printed now. This was, you know, whatever, 88, something like that. Um, in the editor's comments, which is the bit where they can be as big as they want and give their opinions out, you know, in the editor's comment, it says, we advise we advise shoppers to avoid uh, Manchester this weekend as there will be an estimated 10,000 prancing perverts marching for gay rights. So that's that's the Bull TV News in the 80s. Right. That, that, I don't think it's even just yeah. the Bull TV News. That's just society in the yeah. 80s, yeah. prancing perverts. And I read that and I went, right, I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly. going. So, well, you know, half an hour later, I'm marching down Deansgate with 10,000 prancing perverts shouting, we're here, yeah, we're queer, yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that sent me on a route of, 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 of wanting to wanting to believe in equality and champion equality. And, you know, when I used to teach in construction, I used to challenge racism daily, you know, yeah, on a daily basis. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and just in my life in general, it's always been a, a, a thing is, is is we're equal, we, we should be equal. You know, this mm. sort of thing of like, well, you know, it's you know, so like people sort of think that equal rights means that somebody gets the job when they're shunted on because they've got a different color of skin or a different sexuality or a different gender or whatever. And yeah. and, and they will argue that, well, it's just for the, you know, the best person should get the job. Oh, absolutely that's why we have equality and the best person gets the job and what happens when the best person gets the job is we all get we're all better for it we we all benefit from that do you know so society benefits from it Uh,
0: my one of my sisters is gay I've got male friends that are gay female friends that are gay I've written for Canal Street Magazine I've been on the CUD TV a TV programme which is a a gay TV programme and um, for me the funny thing is when you see everybody's equal it's not even a thing. It's no, not a thing. No, no it's not it a doesn't thing anymore. Matter. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Yeah. What yeah. your sexuality is doesn't yeah. affect you as no. a, this shining light, this person, no. you no. know? No. And I, I've had a couple of guests on the show that are gay, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, there is a drag queen called Marie that is supposed to be coming on this show in the next. Hopefully in the next seven to ten days. Oh, so fingers crossed, stuff. she's good just stuff. moved house. But really? Really? um so so really? yeah, I'm a hundred percent on board and agree with yeah. everything you say, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. 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 So colleague tell yes. us if somebody wants to come and forage with you. Yes. If they want to let me get this right, so if they want to go to Forest Horizon, which yes, is your, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's your well, business, that's the foraging school. It is. School.
1: I mean, first of all, I must point out that if they want to come foraging with me, they don't have to take the clothes off. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would worry some <laughs> people, you know, that would some And I won't take mine off. <laughs> I think
0: that's, no. that's the one thing <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Not
1: yeah. Are you going to get naked if they go foraging? Well, if you come on the naked forage, then yeah, yeah, but, yeah. No, but on the general forage, then no, that, that doesn't happen. No. Um, so, yeah, Forest Horizons. So Forest Horizons is, is my um, sort of business. Um, uh, Facebook page is, yeah. is, is the best place to find me. I do have a website as well, which is foresthorizon.co.uk. It's, yeah. it's kind of out of debt and needs updating. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Most doesn't, people are. I'll tell you what you will do. We'll find them if you go on Is The first thing you'll see is my gardener's will clip. So, I watched which it. Which I'm very proud of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I watched it with Willow. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And, you look know, cool yeah. as a cucumber. It was yeah. as if you were... A yeah. Presenter, all the time, yeah, you know, it I, I and just it was a long clip, seven it, minutes or something. Yeah,
1: I mean, that took from nine o'clock in the morning till half past four in the afternoon to film. You know, we were filming yeah. all day, so um there's a there's, the editing team, is well, just superb. You know, I,
0: I know I did a bit of acting and I was in uh, Scott and Bailey in Peaky yeah. Blinders as well. And when I was oh, in Peaky fantastic. Blinders,
1: yeah,
0: we shot an entire day, yeah. an entire day, yeah. And the clip lasted about 30 40 seconds, yeah. a full day, yeah. And dressed as a copper with a mustache and a truncheon right. and right. chasing people around and scrapping, right. Right. So, I know. I know, I know how yeah. long it takes to get yeah. what they, you know yeah, they yeah. Want. to get
1: to yeah. get to get those bits but it, I just do you know what I, I, I don't know why I think it's because um I was talking about mushrooms mm so I can talk about mushrooms I mean like you know we're going to stop you, talking soon and, yeah. and I'll be like well we've not, we're not we're talked not actually, about mushrooms uh, yet we've
0: well, <laughs> we, not actually finished really we've not started
1: <laughs> no, no absolutely so so basically if you could talk about a subject then then it just kind of rolls it, you know it's, so. it's
0: this simple if you follow what we call in Buddhism your Dharma if you follow yeah. in your heart if you're passionate yeah. about what you do and you love it yeah. you're not yeah. working yeah. and you'll give yeah. out this positive yeah. energy to everybody people will be drawn yeah. towards you and yeah. because you love what you do you'll become yeah. Very good at it, and then yeah. success. If depends how you do success, but success is yeah. doing what you love yeah. and yeah. helping other people, yeah. and yeah. that's a guarantee.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. a given. It is. It is the, the mushroom spotters group. I've put so much time into that, and nobody pays me a penny. We don't earn anything no. from that. You've
0: lots of videos and clips everywhere, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. But it's changed my life. it's changed my life both in terms of I'm I'm, I'm actually making a career that's associated with it now but the other one is just the community and the people and you know it's fun to we have a group of people who get together and meet and we go foraging and it's like it's like a day of mindfulness you know it's such a wonderful thing and we start off with the sort of the Hungarians bring little Pilinkers, so we can start with a couple of shots of pilinka and test forage yeah. this and forage that, and then we go off on our walk and we collect all the mushrooms and we chat about stuff. And if you're not fully present, you know, you're not going to find any mushrooms. No, no, you've got, you've no. got to get in that yeah. moment, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. You've got to, yeah. you know, that yeah. perfect perpetual
0: yeah. rolling moment. Yeah. That's what life is. Yeah. It's it being is. in it the is. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. yeah. And Floor,
1: like, flow state. Into this, it? so yeah. psychologists call it flow yeah. state. When you're in a flow, flow state moment, yeah. um when you kind of you're, you're consumed by that moment, you know, and you're not sort of thinking about tomorrow's tea and stuff like that. You've got to concentrate, haven't you? And you've got to listen. You've got to learn. You've got Smell, taste, yeah. use all your senses. Then yeah. Buddhism, yeah.
0: you use the five senses to yeah. bring yourself into the moment. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. 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 Colin Unsworth, or <laughs> AKA, and this is what I like to say, Mr. Mushroom. <laughs> Mr. Mushroom. It's been, and I'm going to swear, yeah. I haven't sworn yet on this show, it's been an absolute. Fucking pleasure having you on the show. i yeah. loved it. Good stuff. I am so happy you did
1: this show. Yeah, yeah. I, so, so am I. I didn't know what to expect. I totally didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. I kind of did have a thought of, like, I love talking about mushrooms and I think he's going to want to talk about me and I don't want to talk about me. I want to yeah, talk about yeah. mushrooms. Well, but we've talked about mushrooms. So it's, the it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Your <laughs> life is, it's about mushrooms, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it interesting to
0: see. Yeah. If you're passionate about something, why? Yeah, And it yeah. could be from the start where you were bullied and then you spent time in forests yeah, and woodlands yeah, and so on. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Seriously, it's been a fucking pleasure. I'm it's been so a pleasure being here. And yeah. I'm, I will put my clothes on. I know, later, you,
1: I know you've even ended up naked. I know I, know, <laughs> I, I know I actually want to, but I will put my yeah, clothes on. Do, do you know, that is a bizarre thing, isn't it, with, 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 with the and stuff. You get so comfortable that you don't yeah. actually want to get I dressed forgot. again. <laughs> yeah. i just done an hour show
0: and five minutes in, I forgot I was naked, yeah. you know, but there we go.
1: Yeah. Colin, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you know the script. You know where you can buy me boot. You can find me on the website. You can listen to me on the radio. You can find me on social media. This has been show number 22 and the Midnight McBride show with Colin Lundsworth, a.k.a. Mr Mushroom. Shalom. (laughs)